It's beginning to look a lot like, can we say Merry Christmas? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it and say it again. Merry Christmas, everyone. I am Trish Regan. I hope you're planning a spectacular holiday. I can't wait. I got my whole family coming in. It's going to be a pretty exciting and pretty good time. Portions of today's program are brought to you by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to think about investing for the long haul than right now. And... Part of your thought process really, in my estimation, needs to include a diversified portfolio, part of which should be precious metals. So call my friends over at Legacy Precious Metals, one 589 They can help guide you through this. You know, it's a new year. You got to think about the, the new year and the new you in terms of your own financial well-being. Take matters into your own hands, as I, I keep on saying. Anyway, we have a very special show in honor of the big holiday. Today's show is a chance for us, I think, to reflect, to reflect on the importance of having faith, the importance of understanding that faith, and the importance of spreading a message of of goodwill and understanding and really thinking about the roots of what is good, what is good in this world. And so I am so excited to have on the program the co-author team, David Limbaugh and his daughter, Kristen Bloom Limbaugh. It's great. Kristen Limbaugh Bloom. It's great to have you guys here. Congratulations on this book. And by the way, thank you. Thank you for writing it. Thank you so much. much. I think it's a great time of year to be talking about all the lessons that we can learn from the Bible and is a historian myself, early American historian, uh, who's recently come to looking at the Bible in a new way because it's fascinating to me, guys, how much all of these lessons from thousands and thousands of years ago can be applied to everything that's happening today. What made you want to write this? I'll start with David. Well, it's part of a series where going through the New Testament and the last book, uh, Jesus is Risen, covered the book of Acts, which was the history of the early church, and six of the Apostle Paul's epistles. The, this book, uh, Jesus, uh, the resurrected Jesus, is the Apostle Paul's final seven epistles. So we're just going through the New Testament. The overarching goal for all these books has been to inspire people to read the Bible and help them overcome their intimidation so they can get into it and, and really study the Word of God. Yeah, that, that, that's, I think, so critical because it, it gives you a certain kind of grounding. Um, Kristen, when I was reading it and, you know, I come with my sort of business bias on everything. But one thing that struck me was it, as you guys were writing about Paul. And by the way, I think you had um, a, lot, a hand in all the prayers that are in here. So I want to get to that in a moment because they're really and truly beautiful. But you guys write about how Paul really took this massive leadership role in a way that I think is, again, applicable to society today, because had it not been for a lot of these, you know, obviously it had not been for Jesus Christ and for God, but but for all the people that, that followed him and then were able to implement and carry out his message, we wouldn't be where we are today. Right. Yes. Paul um, had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus. He was actually persecuting Christians in the beginning because he was so adherent to the Jewish doctrine and did not want anyone to be led astray um, by a false Messiah, which is what he believed Jesus was. And so Jesus stopped him on the road to Damascus 
Um, many people know the story and, and it completely changed him. It wrecked him, um, so to speak. And so he, of course, spent the rest of his life fighting so that everyone on earth, really, he wanted the entire world to know that Jesus is the true Messiah and was there not only for Jews, but to save Gentiles, the entire world. Um, so he was a leader. I love your take, um, your business take on the fact that he was um, so such a strong and really unrelenting leader in the sense that in many of these letters that we go through in the book, he um, addresses a lot of heresies that were rampant in the early church. And he was so adamant about stamping out those heresies so that the truth of the gospel would be the one to shine forward. And it, it's, it's done still in, in such a loving way, right? With, yeah. with the, a concern for humanity. And, and it kind of shows you how you, you really can be a leader and do a whole lot of good and, and have a lot of influence in the world. I got to ask you, so David, this is an interesting pairing. You've done five of these books, I believe, in the series. Am I right? Yes, right. And, and now you're working with your daughter on yes. this one. Yes. Yes. So what was that like? I'm sure. Oh, no, really? It's really great. I, I see it. Kristen has a, has a heart for God and she's spirit filled and a prayer warrior. And she inspires me that way. I, I err on the side of being a little more intellectual. I don't mean I'm intellectual. I mean, my, my focus is to study the Bible. I may be a dummy, but I still, my <laughs> emphasis is to study, you know, and, and I, I don't have as good a balance as I need to on the emotional side, the, the spiritual side. So I've always wanted to achieve that balance and get a better connection with God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus uh, instead of just reading and, and, and understanding it. And I've, I have developed it through the years through more prayer and, and spiritual disciplines. But Kristen has it naturally. And so I can say I had, a, I had a conservative friend, commentator, call me and say his his uh, wife and child were having some trouble. His child was very sick and they couldn't figure out a way to uh remedy the problems, the medical issue, would I pray? And this guy was a doubter. I don't even sure he's a believer, but he knew that I'd written these books and we we're friends. So I said, well, do you mind if I call my daughter because she's so much better at this? And he didn't mind. So I added her to the phone and I said, told her what the problem was. And she immediately just articulates this eloquent prayer. And I'm going, man, I wish I could do that. So, but so she, she has that gift. And so I wanted her to, in addition to helping me write the the commentary and the insights in the book uh, add these prayers. So every three or four pages, uh, so we need a prayer for this. So people would interact with the, with the text. I mean, I, I felt that. And Kristen, it's really, it's almost like it, it, it was encouraging you or encouraging me as the reader to keep going, right? That, that there's, there was like an incentive and, and it's part of why, you know, taking a moment Mm-hmm. Right. It's every Sunday with my family, taking a moment to kind of step back and reflect and yes. be thankful. That's part of what you, I think, were really able to achieve. I, I loved your prayers. Oh, thank you. What was that like, the writing experience of, of putting those in and, and trying to thread them? Because they also beautifully are interwoven with the historical text that your dad's put forward. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, dad really um, had such a gift an amazing study. He's a lawyer. He he has the ability to go through so many dense documents and kind of spit out kind of the bullets that will that lay people can really understand and just say, oh, okay, I get that now, um, and make it less intimidating. But um, the prayer portion, really, I actually prayed about writing the prayers because um, 
anytime I pray, I ask the Holy Spirit to just become more and more and that I become less. And so that's really what my writing process was. Um, and so I um, am just, it's been very gratifying to hear the feedback that um, people have been blessed by the prayers because I've been so blessed by the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm just looking at, at one of them, which is early on, and you say, Jesus, give us a hunger to learn your word and spend time in your presence. You are the author and perfecter of our faith. May our love for you drive us to study. I mean, this is what, you know, the intellect in me, by the way, loves. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're, again, all of this is, is inspiring the reader to move forward. But what you're doing here is you're encouraging people to know more about it. And look, David, I think that that's, that's the beauty of this. Religion is, is wonderful in, in many different forms, but if you can kind of bring it in and have that hunger to learn, right, and know what was really motivating Paul at this time, well, that, that makes a difference. Well, see, that's the balance. And I'm glad you, you crystallized this for us because I think in the book, the goal was to achieve a balance between the, the experiential and the, and the intellectual. And, but here's the thing. You can't just have the experiential untethered from Scripture. Scripture is true north. And we need to have the Bible on our hearts. We need to study it because God's Word, His inerrant, inspired Word, is in the book through 40 different authors uh, written over 1,500 years who tell their stories. This isn't a book of abstract theological principles. It's a, a book of stories. And God speaks through these prophets. He speaks through the people in the Bible. And we get the theological principles and the doctrine through uh, what uh, God's lessons to the people, to the Israelites and to the Gentiles later. And, and so I, I, I find it very important that Kristen interwove uh, the prayer thing saying, it's not just about prayer. I am, I'm, I'm asking you to pray to make me a better reader of the Bible, to practice. And I think that's what you're getting at. Because you have to absorb Scripture. You have to study it. You have, you have to, one of the spiritual disciplines is to memorize Scripture. Because if it's on your heart, but we're, in a, we're engaged in spiritual warfare, Trish, in this world, as you well know. And you need the full armor of God, as Paul talks about in Ephesians 6. And, and part of that, you, arming yourself, is with Scripture. You need Scripture on your heart. And the more you know about it, the better you understand the better your Christian worldview will be, the better balanced and grounded you will be to help us deal with the evil that's going on in our society today. One of the things I, I appreciate most about the Protestant faith is the the onus really is on the individual, right? The expectation is that you are going to come at it with some skepticism and you're yep. going to learn yeah. and you're going to learn. And, and because of that learning process, you understand more about yourself you understand more about the world. You understand God. And I think that that's a pretty empowering, empowering thing, Kristen, because cool. for us to know, and, and as your dad said, to know that scripture, I mean, it's like, I, I'll give an example. Like, you know, you'd write a term paper in college or something. You got a thesis and then you want to be able to back it up, right? With real information. Right. So maybe you have a thesis about the world today or a belief, but can we back it up? with these stories, with the scripture from ancient times, that's pretty cool when you can. It is. And the coolest part about Paul is that he was actually living out what he was preaching in his letters. So he's writing, you know, don't give up, know that you're a citizen of heaven, 
be content and joyful in any and all circumstances. And he's sitting there writing this in a jail cell, imprisoned. And so it's beautiful because there's so many layers to the depth of what God was doing through Paul. He not only used him to encourage others, but he used him to be a living example of suffering and having God's unending joy um, and impenetrable joy through all circumstances that we face in this world. Let me go back to David for a second. You mentioned something, and I want to explore that a little bit more. There is a kind of war on spirituality, which I think is so incredibly unfortunate because I think that spirituality, and especially in this case, the, the teaching of uh, something like the Bible is just so critical to, to helping us as a society, as a community. I mean, there's, to me, lots of good that come, comes from that. I, I really, you know, we all get that like wars have been uh, fought over religion, but at its at its at its true heart it it does so much good what's going on today well in addition to there being a war on spirituality i'm saying this is a spiritual war that that unseen spiritual forces are operating uh, at an invisible level and they are moving actors in the real physical world to do evil things and that sounds kooky except when you you look at what's happening in the, and we're going to demonize anybody who opposes it and, and we're, we're going to mutilate bodies in this transgender thing. We're going to uh, deny God's created order of creating man and woman. Uh, and so everything is chaos in the spiritual, in this, in this world today. Right is wrong, wrong is right. I don't know if you, I, I'm on Twitter a lot and I see people uh, in my position looking at what's happening in the world and just being horrified by it. Because, I mean, it's like the, the, the Marxists took over, the Bolsheviks took over in Russia by force and by, you know, radical revolution. And it's a small group. We have an entire half of our population who is committing national suicide. And we're sitting here watching it and we don't have control. And, 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 and Biden's given away uh, all the money, the, the money these guys are spending and what's happening on the border with 5 million people coming in. And then they deny that they're doing it right to our face. The FBI is going after is is dominating Twitter, Facebook, and the rest, and there's unbelievable collusion, and all they want to talk about is how we are stopping, how, how evil we are. So it really, that's why the, the, the spirituality is so relevant today. The lessons Paul taught are still applicable today. I love unintended consequences. The border's a great example. I mean, people are getting exploited and used because you get a gang making a ton of money off of mm-hmm. our bad border policy. So uh, you got to like drill down. I'm going to sound like Kamala Harris and get to the root of the problem, but you do, right? And they, they just haven't yeah. done it. And I think there's been a lot of tragedy that everybody kind of glosses over as a result of that. Not to mention the fact that these communities, and I know, Christian, you're down there in Texas, like these communities cannot economically or socially absorb all these people. And we are a humane society and will continue to be one, but we also have to be somewhat realistic. I wonder though, and David, Kristen, either of you can comment on this, is this politically motivated though? In other words, are we seeing this war on spirituality in an effort to kind of demantle and, and destabilize these strong Christian communities, many of whom are pretty red. Let's, let's face it. A lot of very conser- yeah. you know, conservative people are involved in the church. So is, is that a, a politically motivated issue? That I'll let you answer that one. Yeah, well, I, I think it's interconnected because um, the, I wrote a book in 2005, I think it was my second book, 
called Persecution, How Liberals Are Waging War Against Christianity. And people thought I was over the top. I remember Alan Dershowitz, when he used to be a liberal, uh, uh, debated me in one program. It wasn't a ma formal debate. But how, oh, come on, you guys are so powerful, such a majority. How can you even say that? Well, I, I, I guess I can say it because there's 2,000 examples in the book, and it's gotten radically worse since then. Today, they're, they're trying to outlaw Christmas trees and all the rest of it, and, and they're demonizing Christians. Uh, see what's happening with the churches? You can believe in, in same-sex marriage if you want. You can believe in all this. But, but the fact that Christians stand up for their belief somehow is not going to be allowed by the, the militant left. They won't let you. They say live and let, let live, tolerant, yeah. inclusiveness. No, they were not tolerant or inclusive of us. All we're saying is uh, we want to, we don't want a theocracy. By the way, they do want a theocracy with their secular uh, pagan religion. They're the ones who want to use government to cram down their uh, pagan pagan beliefs uh, in the rest of the world. Yeah. The no, I, the I've, been, I've been pretty darn disappointed by the course of the last decade, shall we say. Yeah. It's disheartening. I'll tell you quickly, you know, I've done a lot of reporting down in some dicey places in Latin America and South America. And one of my first jobs was actually trading sovereign debt at Goldman Sachs, these Latin American nations. And I always thought, you know, the difference between us and them is that we have this stable system and we're not all trying to kill each other on both sides. I mean, down in Latin, you know, every, every president goes to jail. Who would want to be in politics? But there's, there's so much in, in the way of corruption and kickbacks and you name it. And I always thought, you know, I'm so proud. I was young then. I'm so proud of, of the country I live in because this wouldn't. And I'm looking at our country today and I'm, I'm no longer proud in that sense. I mean, I love America and I love what we, we, we can be. I'm not proud of where we're going, shall we say. But this is important. You know why I think it's important at a time like this. It's wonderful to, to sit down and read a book like The Resurrected Jesus. This is The Church in the New Testament, again, written by David Limbaugh and Kristen Limbaugh Bloom, because this kind of, it, it brings you back to basics, right? There's a lot yeah. of basics that I think should just be across the board. Um, and regardless of your political party, regardless of your belief system, there's a lot that you can learn in all of this. And before I, I let you go, I know that you, it, it's Christmas time and you don't have your brother there. And Kristen, you don't have your uncle there. He was a remarkable man. Did he ever rush? That would be Rush Limbaugh. Did, do you think your brother saw this? I mean, I guess he did, right? Because he was sort of on the forefront of it as we started to see a, a more divided society. What would have been his take, do you think, on where we are? Well, it, it's gotten more absurd. And, and uh, he, of course, he was prescient about all these things, but mm -hmm. he saw it moving rapidly. But it's moved exponentially in the last two years since he died. It is yeah unbelievable how how fast we are throwing our society away throwing our culture away throwing our form of government away and he would be horrified but i don't think surprised i really don't uh we've always we were taught by our dad to be uh wary of, of where the left is going communism marxism has always produced poverty and and slavery throughout history and that yet they keep saying it's because they the all the left is say it's because they didn't do it right and they've always said it every time, and it never works. And we're experiencing this, but what we're experiencing is, is worse than that. We're talking about a, a global thing now, and they're ratcheting, up, ratcheting it up at a pace that it's hard to, to uh, resist it. And we've just got to stick together. And I don't mean by my passion here. 
to uh, under uh, to, to undermine the, the fact that we do have to be secure in Christ and we do have to have an inner joy and we do have to have an optimism. I haven't given up. I think we, we can win this back, uh, but I do think we need a revival. I, I think we need a spiritual revival uh, to re-energize our people and to, to lock us back into those stable values you're talking about. Because right now, everything is chaotic. The law and order and everything, we have got to get stability back. And I think the way we do that is through our faith. I'm a mom of three. Kristen, you're a new mom. Yes. Congratulations. Um, you. you. know, as you look out over, over the future, I mean, this, this is all about, right, helping our kids and, and making sure that we ensure a stable, prosperous country for the yeah. future and a good country. Right. Yes. And um, you're so right about that. And I think that um, the key is to remember that we are citizens of heaven, those of us who have accepted Christ in our lives, and to continue um, understanding that the whole, the same Holy Spirit that was inside of this incredible evangelist, Paul, who did so much for the kingdom of God, that same Holy Spirit is the one that we receive and we accept Christ into our hearts. And so I really believe that Christians during this hour should understand, first of all, we have all been placed at this day and age and time for a reason. God put each of us in our mother's wombs for such a time as this. And we need to see ourselves as to spread light in a dark world. And one little pinch of light can drive out a dark room. So that metaphor um, always encourages me. And I think that it's, you know, Christmas time, it's um, just a beautiful message that God sent the light of the world and he's still here. He dwells among us in our hearts and that's powerful. And the importance of, I think, knowing something bigger, right? Mm -hmm. Because if there's, if there's nothing more, then, you know, what's it all about, right? And so I, yeah. I think that's what's important too for people to know that you can be as, as intellectual as you want to be and be like your dad and know all the scripture and all the history. And yet knowing that it comes back to something bigger mm-hmm. than we could ever imagine. I mean, isn't that an important takeaway for human beings? Yes. And, and we all know, I think God wrote the law on our hearts. The Bible tells us, tells us that in Romans 1, uh, he, because of the way, Paul says, because of the way God created uh, this magisterial universe, there is no excuse for us to deny that God, the creator, exists. Uh, we see it in the glories of heaven and in the glories of creation from the biggest things to the smallest things, the most minute things, the DNA. It's almost hard to deny unless you have a blind spirituality, a dark heart. And I'm not judging people. I'm not the judge. But what we want to do is help open people's hearts and, and not be judgmental ourselves. But, but on the other hand, this idea you can't judge and you can't tell the truth, you, you have to p- tell people the truth. You do it in love. It's not loving to tell somebody a lie to please them instead of pleasing God. Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth about Jesus Christ. Spread the gospel. Tell people he's the way, the truth, and the life. It matters. We need to, to accept Christ in our hearts and have faith in him alone. And, and I think that's the message of the Bible, the message of the gospel, the message of the Apostle Paul, and the, the message of our book. Well, thank you again, really, to both of you for writing this. I, I'm looking forward to another series because this is like the final one, right? And people yeah. can check it out. They can get it on Amazon. Is that the best place to send them, by the way? Amazon? Probably so. Okay. Yeah. So go to Amazon. David Limbaugh, Kristen Limbaugh-Bloom. 
the resurrected Jesus, the church in the New Testament, you're just going to feel good. You're going to learn a lot and you're going to feel good. Thanks to those beautiful, beautiful prayers. I, I encourage you to get it. And, and by the way, there's a whole series. And I'm thinking maybe, maybe something in the future with the two of you. It worked. By the way, how'd that go? I can't imagine writing a book with one of my kids. No, it was really good. It was very good. She, now, she was pregnant the last part. And, and, uh, the, but she still was a trooper. She still worked through it. But uh, maybe except for about a week when she couldn't. But it was pretty neat. It was really great. Your dad to be your boss. Yeah, was, <laughs> like, was he strict on deadlines and stuff? Yeah, <laughs> but it was wonderful. Such a gratifying experience all around. Hey, listen, congrats to you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you. Thank, Thank you. So, so enjoy your work. Thank you. Talk soon. Thank you. My thanks again to David and Kristen. As I said, it's it's important stuff. It's It's important that we understand from a historical perspective what really was intended in this world. And it gets overshadowed, I think, by the chaos. And part of this is just learning to accept and love one another. And at a time of year like this, at Christmas, that's what we need to remember. We're all in this together. We need to be understanding. We need to know that there is something much bigger than us in this world. I Cannot leave you without giving a shout out to one of the great sponsors of this program. Of course, Rough Greens, just a terrific company started by a former Army Ranger who cares so much about health. He's a naturopathic doctor, Dr. Dennis Black, and he wanted to make sure that every dog out there also had an opportunity to be as healthy as he is because he takes his health very seriously and he takes his dog's health very, very seriously. So he came up with a product called Rough Greens, which I feed to Fluffy, my dog, my little Maltese, every single day. It's a supplement, just goes on top of the food. Roughgreens.com, special Christmas offer for you. He is giving out free trial bags so that you get the chance to try this for your dog. All you have to do is go to roughgreens.com, roughgreens.com today to register. Special Christmas present for friends of this program. Anyway, I, I encourage you to do it because health matters. Our health matters. Our dog's health matters. Our, 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 our mental health matters, which again is, I think, part of what David and Kristen were getting at there. You know, having something to think about that's bigger than you. Sometimes religion is what can maybe ground you in that way. Whatever it takes. That's what I say. Whatever it takes. Anyway, just a wonderful book by them. Go check it out. Amazon.com. Thank you for listening, everybody. I'm sure I'll talk to you on social media before or on the Christmas holiday, but I, I do hope you have a wonderful, wonderful holiday and enjoy the season. Hold your loved ones tight and remember how lucky we all are. I'll see you tomorrow.